All right, praise the Lord. Once again, welcome to our services this weekend. And we also greet everyone online. God is good today. Please grab your Bibles if you could. For everyone would grab their Bibles and open up your word to Colossians 3, verses 15 through 17. I'll give you a couple of seconds. And please, if you're able to stand as we read the word. The word of God says, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thanksgiving in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Thank you, Father, for the reading of your word. And once again, we welcome all of you to this service, and especially those who are viewing on our social media platforms. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Let the church say amen. amen. You can be seated. So, if you didn't know this, we finished last week of the Heart of the Family series. And... During the last eight weeks, we touched on several subjects and biblical principles, and we dealt with harmony and encouragement, serving one another, supporting one another, and several others. But last week, we dealt with the heart or having a new heart in the family of God. It was a very, very important word, especially for this season that we are currently in at Cornstone. Even though the series is done, I'm going to just take a little bit of the last week's sermon, and I'm going to just tie a nice little bow on the Heart of the Family series with the added theme or mindset of thankfulness along while we partake of communion this week. I pray that you were able to listen to the sermon last week and that you heard it. I, I personally, I like to listen to the sermons here two to five times during the course of the week. Of course, when you do multiple services, you hear them. So that's uh, one way that happens. But then I like to go home at the end of a Sunday and just really dive into the Word one more time and maybe a couple of times during the week. See, I, I really believe that if I'm a part of a fellowship that God has really put into the pastoral staff, the team, and they labor and really prepare the message for us. So... For me, especially in this season, I, I have to hear it several times during the course of the week so that I can really get it in my spirit so that I can be obedient to the word that God has given me so that I can walk better in Christ. Amen? Because if it's, if it's my church and if it's a word for me, then I really want to grasp a hold of what the man of God is giving the people in the church. And I'm a member here, so I think it's very, very important. 
So let us go back again to last week's sermon. And let's get an understanding again of getting a new heart and how it benefits you and the family of God. I truly, truly believe that this message was so crucial for the season that Cornerstone is in. And I encourage everyone in this room and those online to revisit this message throughout the year. Last week, Pastor Tim stated that the heart is the confluence of the mind, feeling, and the will, or what I personally would call the soul. He stated that the heart is the innermost being and where our desires, motivations, demands, dreams, expectations all originate. The scriptures in Proverbs 4.23 states to guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. Now stop there for a minute. Guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your very life. That's something to contemplate. That's something to really listen to. To guard your heart above all else for it determines the very course of your life. So in dealing with the heart or the soul, I really believe this is a very, very important issue, especially when we think about what we have gone through recently. Pastor Tim also stated something that was so profound last week. He said, the heart or the soul is the aim of the gospel and also the target of the enemy. Everybody's vying for a place in the heart. I would go so far to say, according to that statement, that the battle is for the mind. That the battle is for the heart, that the battle is for the mind. Which entails your mind, your feelings, and your will. I'm going to try to give you an illustration of in my walk, and as I've preached all around this country and in Canada and other places, how I try to explain this battle for the mind and how it can help us with a new heart and a clean heart and how we can battle when the attacks come for our heart that we are to guard. So I want to, you to look at this analogy. Let's say for a minute that this is you. This is your mind or your soul or you're a blockhead, let's say. And in this, you here, this is you that we get our heart, our soul, our mind, our will, our feelings, we get attacked. Even though it was preached last week how to have a new heart, how to walk in this, how it benefits, but how do we keep it and how do we ward off the attacks? Of course, with the word. 
But how practically do we really do that and how can we operate in that? So if this is the soul, if this is the heart, if this is the gauge or the interest to the mind, the will, the feelings, then what happens is the enemy will give us a D-T, a devil's thought. So in that, when Jesus was fasting and the devil came to him and it said they took him up on a high mountain. Now, this wasn't like the devil coming up to Jesus and going, hey, what's up? Give me five. Hey, let's go up on a mountain. If you'll cast yourself, it wasn't like Peter Pan. They didn't grab hands and go flying up in the air. But it was in the mind. And Jesus said, but it is, it is written. He battled the thoughts. He battled the enemy with the word. So we all get thoughts from the devil or from ourselves, or we all get DTs, and they come to our mind or our heart or our soul. And it happens so often that sometimes it can bombard us during the course of the day and sometimes every minute. Amen? I'm reminded of Pastor Tim saying something about a year ago, and it was startling to some. He says, if you could only hear my thoughts during the course of the day, he said, you would wonder if I even know Christ. But what he didn't tell you was that he's all right because he puts the word on the thought, and then the thought has to flee. So that's how he battles. He puts the word. So when a DT comes to you, you have to put a word on the thought. So constantly, the DTs will come all during the course of the day, hour by hour, minute by minute, sometimes in your sleep, and you have to put the word on the thought. But you have to know the word in order to put it on the thought. But what happens a lot of times when we have difficulties with our heart, guarding our heart with the word, sometimes we wonder how come we fall back or there's no progress or we keep backsliding or slipping back. We can't figure out. So when we have the word, we know that Christ is in us. We know that we are not possessed, even though at times we feel oppressed. How do we deal with that? Well, I submit to you to say that at times we get lazy in our heart. And sometimes we don't really guard our heart like we need to. And all of a sudden, a DT will come. And we ponder that thought. Because it's appealing to our flesh. Oh, sister so-and-so looks good, or brother so-and-so looks good. And you'll take that thought a little further. Oh, I wish... My husband looked like brother, or I wish my, and you'll begin to ponder the thought or anything else of, of breaking the law or, or whatever, you'll start to ponder the thought. Or maybe if I do this, I can get away with that. Or maybe, and you'll continue on and you don't put the word of God on the thought. You don't put worship on the thought. 
You don't put anything. You just keep on thinking on it. And then it begins to manifest. And we see Christians every day, as Pastor Tim talked about, with a new heart, how do you walk in this? Because he was trying to encourage us to really walk in it, but some of us can't break three free because we will not put the word on the thought. And then after a while, what happens is, as the thought, the DT begins to manifest, then we have, this is supposed to be a flag. We now have a stronghold in the spirit of our mind. In our soul, in our heart, a stronghold. Now, I did not say that with this stronghold that you are possessed, because how can you be possessed when you have Christ, right? But now you are oppressed. And you wonder sometimes with the oppression, am I even saved? What's going on? What's wrong with me? But you have to put the word on the thought. You have to bring the word back, and the word can destroy the stronghold. So sometimes we have things we just can't get rid of, and there's strongholds in our mind. There's strongholds in our soul that we have to put the word on the thought. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. Take every thought captive to obey Christ. Every thought. We can't be lazy about this. We have to guard our soul. We have to guard our heart. I can remember a story. This was so embarrassing. I was watching a show, and this guy was great. He was just a handsome lad, and he was great, and he was just so nice, and his secretary was just really going through in her marriage. She was just really having issues, and she was just, but she was just so sweet. And he was just the nicest looking guy. And boy, they look a great couple. But wait, but wait, but she was having issues at home. She was married. And she was having issues at home. But this guy was so nice, her boss on the job. And, you know, and she just, just started wishing, you know, well, I wish my husband was like that. And I'm watching this show. And I'm feeling sorry for the wife. Then after the movie goes on, I noticed that she and her boss got together. And I went, yeah! No. I didn't have my heart guarded. I wasn't sober, and I found myself in agreement with adultery. You see, have to, we, have, we have to be sober in this walk. We have to really look and know and protect our soul. You can watch things and be a part of things and find yourself in agreement and not even realize that you're going against the principles and the will of God. Take every thought, take every thought captive to obedience to Christ. Ephesians 4, 22, put off the old self, not the way you used to be before you were saved. And verse 23 of that fourth chapter says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that comes to by the hearing and the hearing and the hearing and the hearing and the hearing of the word and applying the word on a daily basis to your life. So we are to have our minds renewed so that we can get rid of that stinking thinking. When those thoughts come to your head, sometimes it's a battle continuously. You know, things will come to mind. You have to battle. 
I had to learn this as a new Christian. I got saved. I come from a rough background, you guys. You really don't want to hear my story. Some of y'all would run out of here and go, what's he doing up there? But God redeemed me, amen? But I can remember, this is, this is pretty bad, Susan. This is pretty bad. I can remember, I won't share that story because <laughs> we're online. <laughs> but anyways, I needed a lot of work when I got saved, amen? Some of y'all might too. We'll see, Hebrews 4 in the 12th verse, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joint and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. Oh, the word of God is something that we have to have, that we have to put on the thought, that we have to obey, that we have to live. We must resist the devil with the word. James 4, 7 and 8, submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands by the washing of the water with the word, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. See, we cannot ponder the things that aren't of God. We can't continue to let our fleshly thoughts. We have to put the word on the thought. We have to put praise on the thoughts. We have to testify. We have to testify the good things. We have to battle for the battle is for the mind. You can't just be passive in this. If you want to grow, if you want to have a new clean heart. If you want to have the heart of God, then you have to think on the things that are pure. You have to think on the things that are love. You have to think on the things that are true and the goodness of God. And that takes doing something. And you have to have word to be able to battle. And it doesn't mean that you have to be a great theologian. All you have to do is battle to what God has done for you. What did he save you out of? What did he do in your life? I have found in a lot of churches that I have spoke at all across this country and, as I said earlier, in Canada and other places, that the Word of God is taught at a great level at this church. The Word of God that we get here is powerful. I've very seldom seen we have a man of God that can teach second to none that studies for hours in order to feed the sheep that he's in charge of. But, you know, there may be some in here, there may be some online watching right now that you don't have a great foundation. You may be new here, or you may not have been saved very long, and you may not have correct theology or sound doctrine, or you may not have had a mentor or a teacher or a pastor But right now, if you have received Christ, you have the salvation of the Lord. And you have experienced the circumcision of your heart. And you have a new heart. And what you have to do is you have to use the word that you have to battle in the season that you're in. And that word is simply to be thankful. To give thanks to give thanks to God. 
If you know nothing, if you can't quote scripture, if you can't quote Psalms 23, you can say thank you. If you can't read very well, I've led people to the Lord from Mississippi that can't read or write. Mississippi, they, 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 they can't even read or write, but they can say thank you, Jesus. They can give thanks. And over 140 times in the Word of God, he says, give thanks. To be thankful simply means to say thank you. How many times a day, if you know me and you've been in my life, I constantly, in the morning, in the middle of the night, all through the day, as I'm getting in my car before I eat, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Giving thanks at all times that his praise will continually come out of my mouth. Being thankful, giving thanks unto him. So we have to learn how to change our vocabulary. I'm not perfect, but my mind has been renewed, and I'm thankful. Our vocabulary has to change. In the last two or three years, I've witnessed the most cussing Christians I've ever seen in my life. Christians just will go off and begin to curse and cuss. Difference meaning you can curse someone or curse something without swearing. But I've seen just believers just swear and just curse, and especially when something happens. And you know what? That gives place to the enemy. You cannot just run at the mouth. You have to speak the word. You have to constantly speak the word. You can't curse. It says blessings and cursings, it should not come out of the same mouth. It, it, that can't be the case. You're supposed to only speak blessings, not blessings and cursings. So not only cursing, but swearing and cursing. We must change our vocabulary and begin to bless. Begin to speak the word to one another in spiritual songs and hymns and, and encouraging one another. Good friend of mine from Trinidad, pastors a huge multi-ethnic church in Minneapolis. And the name of the church is called Speak the Word. I've always loved the name of that church. And every time they greet you and just, and every time you go around that church and everybody, they just speak the word. It's almost kind of weird. They just speak the word to you. They just speak the word to you and speak the word to you. And after you've been there for a while, you start speaking the word also too. If you don't have a lot of word, if you're learning how to worship, if you're learning how to be renewed in the spirit of your mind, then what you can do right now, especially if you're new, especially those online, you, you may not be getting the word. You may not be getting good foundation, but you can be, today, you can be thankful. You can give thanks. This statement I'm about to make is so simple, but it's so profound and so deep that most often we miss it or fail to apply it. To give thanks, again, is simply to just say, thank you. Just to say to your father, Father, thank you. Wow. When somebody talks about you, when somebody almost runs you off the road, when your kids are acting a mess and your wife or husband's tripping on you, Thank you. 
when your money's running low, things aren't working out, thank you. When your spouse is acting all the way up and you don't know if you want to love her or kill her, thank you. Just thank you is a powerful, powerful weapon. It's so profound that we very seldom just take time just to say, thank you, Father. Try it. Try it. Just try it. I dare you to try it right now. Just thank you. Come on, try it. Try it. Come on, try it. Yeah, just say thank you. Oh, didn't that, didn't that feel? Just thank you. See, it's, it's, it's not normal for some of us. It's not in our vocabulary. I had a good friend of mine tell me the other day, and he goes, you know, and he's a pastor, a powerful man of God. He reminds me a lot of Pastor Tim. He knows a little bit about everything. This guy's just, and he says, you know what? He goes, in the Western uh, church today, we don't say thank you. We don't need God. I go, what do you mean? He goes, we have money. We have facilities. We have, he goes, we don't need God for anything. We don't say, we just go to church and have church. He goes, what do we have to thank him for? Just, we have no needs. I was like, wow, that was really interesting to hear. Now, we go through things and we have crisis, but he was just saying for the most part that the American church, we just have so much comfort that sometimes we neglect or we forget to just simply say, thank you. So I say to those and I say to us that if you don't have word, if, if you don't know how to deal with your situation, if you want to have a new, clean, strong heart in the things of God, sometimes it's just as simple just to say, Thank you. To be thankful for what he has done. But the, to be thankful because he saved you. To give thanks because of his glorious name. To give thanks because of his holiness. To give thanks because he is the most high. To give thanks because of his deeds and that we do not forget his benefits. To give thanks because of his goodness. Give thanks because his mercy endureth forever and ever. And you know how many times in the word of God, most times when you see give thanks, it's always followed after give thanks because his mercy endureth forever and forever. That's good news. Give thanks because his mercy endureth forever and forever. That means I got a chance. That means I got a chance. Most of the time in Scripture, we're told to be thankful because it says his mercy endureth forever and forever. We are thankful. Revelation 1, 8. We're thankful that you're the one who is and who was and who is to come. I repeat Psalms 51.10. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. I think we need to over-communicate thankfulness. The theme of the cornerstone staff that our lead pastor preaches to all of us all the time is we must over-communicate. We must over-communicate. We must over-communicate. We need to over-communicate for us to be thankful. To us to always give thanks 
and be thankful. So powerful. Let us pray. Father, we thank you today that we can be thankful. We thank you for your many mercies and your grace. Father, you are awesome. We worship you in the beauty of your holiness. You're so awesome that all we can say is just thank you. We love you. Thank you. Thank you. And again, I say thank you. Would the ushers begin to pass out the elements? I am thankful for the things that you have done. Yes, I'm thankful for the victories we won. I could go on and on and on about your works because I'm thankful, thankful, so thankful just to praise you, Lord. Flowing from my heart are the issues of my heart is thankfulness. Whoa, that's good news. Make that a part of your life. Just to say thank you to him. Every time you think about his goodness, just lift your hand and say thank you. I am thankful for the things that you have done. Yes, I'm thankful for the victories we won. And I could go on and on and on about your works. Because I'm thankful, thankful, so thankful just to praise you, Lord. Flowing from our hearts are the issues of our hearts is thankfulness. Praise the Lord.